listening to Catnap Dialogues, a show that features narratives from everyday people and their journey towards learning a language. I'm your host, Milo Falcone. today's episode, I have Rosita from Argentina. However, even though she was born in Argentina, she identifies also as Armenian, as her parents were both from Armenia. Here's her story. Like you say, my name is Rosita. Uh, Rosita Rosa. My mother put me as a nickname because when I was little, so they call Rosita. Uh, well, I'm uh, 84 years old and I'm so proud to tell my age because it doesn't bother me. Uh, thanks to my age, uh, I'm still alive and pretty healthy. I'm retired, of course, and I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to have a good friends. I'm happy to go to the gym every single day. Plus, I have my car. People say, oh, you're still driving? I say, oh, why not? I have to drive. You do your cleaning. Who is going to do it? Better than me, nobody. So I'm a pretty active person. And uh, I'm, sometimes I'm a show off because I like to show how proud I am and myself. I'm born in Argentina, Buenos Aires, but my parents are Armenian, so I'm very proud to be Armenian also. At, I went to the school, I finished the high school. I have more choice to go to a university because my father, uh, it, it, he was a communist in Argentina. Uh, very, very strong one, and uh, he decided to take all of us. I have, I had two brothers and one more sister, and he decided to move, move on, sell the house and everything, and move to Armenia to build up their country. And I didn't have the choice to go to university. I used to belong to. Uh, uh, Coro, como se dice? Coro. Choir. Choir in Argentina. I was the soprano. The, uh, and uh, I, I love to, I, I said to my father, I like to go in a study. I like to be a singer. Well, I promise you, when we go to Armenia, Soviet Union at that time, so, you know, your dream will come true. It never happened. As you know and everybody knows, uh, Soviet Union used to be communist country, which uh, very, very difficult to live and to open your mouth. You could, uh, freedom didn't exist, never ever. And we moved, I was 18, 19. We moved to Armenia by ship because wherever we are, my parents, they sold it. You know, we cannot take, at that time, the money, they don't accept money taking with us. And so my parents bought a lot of stuff without the money and the 
We put everything in the ship and took one month until we went to Russian, Odessa, the port. And soon we arrived there, my father said, what I did, I destroyed my family. He was a very smart guy. He realized immediately that wasn't the place for us. It took another week by train, go to Yerevan, and it was worse. Life was so difficult over there. We had nothing. We survived uh, in one apartment. We never worked because if we start to work, we're supposed to have the, um, the passport, Soviet Union passport, the communist passport. But if we have that, we cannot go back to Argentina. So my father decided to not work, to sell everything we had, we had and we survived with that money. And he started to do the petitions to take us back to Argentina. I, we had a lot, a lot of hard times. I don't know. Okay, my parents are, uh, they was born in Lebanon and uh, my two brothers, they born in Lebanon. My father went to Argentina, first of all, to work hard and bring the family to Argentina to have a better life, like, like everybody comes here from other countries to, to America to have a better life. He was a principal of the Armenian school. He was a very smart guy, very, very smart guy. So when people ask you, like, where are you from? What do you tell them? Well, I said, I said like this, uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm Armenian, born in Argentina, living in United States. And I'm proud to be a three of those countries I belong to. You know, I'm proud to be American also. I'm not American, but I live here and take this country. I think always this country, because this is one of the best countries in the world, even with all the problems we have here. But uh, every country is like this. We, it's like a family. You know, there are always uh, problems in the family and the countries are the same, but this is one of the best countries in the world for me. This country gave me the opportunity to do whatever I want to do, to work, to, to help my family, to do a lot of things that you cannot do it in other places. Wow. Believe me. No, yeah, I understand, I understand. Um, so again, because you traveled so much with your family, um, I kind of want to know what languages do you speak? How many languages do you speak? Okay, so my first language was both Armenian and Spanish because I'm born in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, but uh, my family is Armenian. So we speak both languages in the house. I learn both languages. Then in, when I moved to Florida, from Argentina, I didn't know one word in English, but one word. But I said to myself, I'm going to do it because I came to live in this country and this is going to be my country, my language. Sometimes people say, oh no, no, I don't want to speak English. I don't want to learn because I don't like it. That's not true. You have to, you know, you come to this country to work, 
to go further in life, and you cannot say those things. This country becomes your country when you move to stay in the country wherever you go. I came in uh, December 1970. Uh, after five days, I start to work. And no one language, no one word in English. I remember one of the things that uh, uh, the girls, the sales ladies, they called me and said, Rosita, please come, customers here. I have to do the alterations. And I said, no, 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 no police, please. She said, please. I said, no police. And I went under the table because I was new. I don't have permission to live, to work. And then, and I hired myself under the table because I thought police coming after me. Police and police, a similar word, right? For me at that time. Okay, I speak uh, three languages, Spanish, Armenian, and English. Plus, I learned a little bit, uh, when I used to live in Russia, in Armenia, Yerevan, I learned uh, Russian all by myself because we're not allowed to work or to go to school because we're not a communist at that time anymore. No passport, no nothing. When I came to America, to the United States of America, I started to learn English all by myself. And because the Russian wasn't my second language, my first language, <laughs> you start to forget a little bit. And I forgot a little bit, but uh, I still remember. Also a little bit in Romania. My husband was from Romania, Bucharest. I'm a widow now, but uh, yeah. Now, I haven't particularly heard Armenian before, so I asked Rosita for some samples. Sure. Inchvesek, uh, that's mean, how are you? Urachem Vorespes Nasterengem Hosum. I'm very glad that you're interviewing me, that we're talking. And my daughter also, she, she speaks also Armenian, Spanish, and English. My daughter is uh, born in Lebanon. Uh, because of this going and coming to, to other countries, our life changed a lot. Our kids, brother and sister, we start to grow up in different places. We never had the chance to to build up a family by our own. And the age is we growing, and uh, it's okay. So I was at my 40. I got married here in America, in New York. I miss a baby. I miss carriage a baby. Then after that, the doctor said. Uh, you better adopt one because at your age it's dangerous, which is not, but uh, that I know now. I start to do the paperwork for adoptions. I was 45 years old. And then uh, it took me three years until the court, in uh, Rigo Park, the court gave me the okay that I can be a very good fitted mother. Okay, they gave me a brand new baby from Lebanon, from the orphanage. That's so cool. Yeah. Go and find the baby you wanted. I don't know from where. I said from Lebanon. We're waiting from the orphanage. So I told my husband, let's go to Florida next to my brothers and to wait because I was desperate. I wanted that baby. I wake up. I said to my husband, I'm going to New York because the baby arrives. He said to me, you're crazy. You're always assuming things. I say, I'm not assuming. 
if you don't want to come, don't come. I'm going back to New York. He came with me. I opened the answering machine. Right there was my message, their message. Finally, I bought the tickets. We went to Greece and another two weeks looking, where is the baby? Because I don't know where. And this lady, she said to me, you still want the baby? I said, what are you talking about? She's my daughter. Why you say still want? What's the reason I'm going to refuse it? She said, look the way she looks. I said, she looks fine to me. She's my daughter. She said, now I can go and rest in peace, rest in my home, I mean, that I know she's in a good hands. Uh, I was 48, don't forget, 48, brand new baby. But at 48, I didn't look the 48, that's why maybe. Maybe they thought you were like, she okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wanted to ask Rosita, how many years has she been in the United States? And what was her first language or languages? Does she think she has an accent? And how did she learn English? And this is what she had to say. Well, it's been 50 years already. Well, my first language, as I told you in the beginning, is Armenian and Spanish because I start to speak both languages at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I have a very, very <laughs> strong accent. I never forgot one day in Florida, I was talking with a guy at work and I said, I'm sorry, I have a very strong accent. You know, he said, you're lucky because people who has an accent, that's mean they know more than one language. You're lucky. I don't have an accent. I hardly speak English, he said to me. And after that, I don't mind anymore about my accent. And not only my accent, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm English speaking because I never went to school. From day five, I start to work. I didn't have time. And uh, because I have to work hard and help my family in Argentina, they didn't, because of the Soviet Union, we end up with nothing. So I work two jobs at home, make alterations and I work in the store and I bought a house for my parents. They, they bless me every day. I didn't have a, where to live in Florida, just a small square place, studio. Uh, I fix it my way, but I was very happy that I have a job and I can help my family. I, as soon as I arrived, it was after five days, I asked my sister-in-law if she can buy the newspaper to look, for, to look for a job. We have a house, why don't you stay with us? I said, I want to be independent. I want to work hard and help, help my family in Argentina. They need us. Yeah, but you just came. You don't know one word in English. And how are you going to go to, from West Palm Beach to Palm Beach without car? I said, don't worry, I can manage it. You're going to help me, I said. He said, I have to go to work. How can I take you to Palm Beach from West Palm? I said, we get up early. You drive me to, West, to Palm Beach, and then you bring me back again. I said, we're brothers. We help each other. Today is for me, tomorrow is for you. And he, he cannot say no, I find a job. I start to sewing uh, skirts. My brother said, where you going? You don't know anything. I said, I learned, don't worry. And half a day, they increase, how do you say? 
they ask me if I want to go because this these people had five stores so when they hired me to the, to the better store they have he said the boss said ask your sister how much she wants to be paid as a salary I said tell him two hundred dollars the guy says the boss very nice he said oh no that's too much I have people here working for more than 30 years they they don't get paid more than hundred dollars I said my brother said accept it because you're going to lose it I said no tell him two hundred dollars and he said okay I I try for one week if I like the job she does I will pay her two hundred dollars and after one week he's paying he's giving me hundred twenty five dollars and I said I'm sorry you you want me to st you still want me uh, to work here he said oh yeah I I wish to have you for the rest of the time I I have the store I said then remember if you like the job I do it's two hundred dollars oh he said oh yeah 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 now that's what I call a haggler anyways I wanted to ask Rosita if she had ever felt different or made to feel different because of the way she spoke English, and this is what she said. I remember when I started to learn English, uh, I started to drive after one year. I bought my car, my first Pontiac, and uh, I have a book, and the I still have the dictionary, Spanish, English, English, Spanish, and a book. I used to, wherever I hear, you say something or the radio, whatever, I put it in a piece of paper, then I open the dictionary and I do the translation. And I learned that way. One time it was a, a lady, I was, uh, she bought a dress for $3,000, very rich lady. And uh, she talks to me, I don't know what to answer because I don't understand. And, but I see, I yes understand when she was complaining that what kind of, this is a rich store, how come they hiring somebody who doesn't know how to say one word in English and this and that. She make me cry a lot. I didn't say anything because I don't know how to answer. Uh, and I put myself, I say, I have to learn English and my way, but I'm going to do it. English and after three months this lady come back and I was doing the alteration again and I start to speak with a very broken English and she said oh you know at least you speak I can understand you you make yourself understand where is that lady she explained me about myself that that lady didn't know one word in English I don't know how place like this they can hire somebody like that do you know where is that that lady? She was a young. I said, you're talking to her. I said, remember how you make me cry? She apologized to me. And she said, I'm very sorry. I said, how many languages you speak? She said, hardly I speak English. I said, I speak with this, with English, because English becomes my third language. It's my language now. 
I live in America and this is my country too, I told her. So I speak three languages and you speak one language next time, don't hurt people. I said, she apologized. She promised me to never, never ever do that to others. I also wanted to ask Rosita, in which language did she feel more comfortable expressing herself? I use three languages <laughs> because we both speak the three languages and uh, I, it depends. It comes, wherever comes, but we mix because we like the three of them. I don't know all those languages. Only my English is not so good, I don't know. I'm sorry. I have an accent plus. Now, before we move forward, I wanted to give you guys a little bit more information in regards to Armenian immigration, specifically to the one that happened in Argentina. Now, the influx of Armenians to Argentina reached great proportions after World War II. About 10,000 Armenians immigrated to Argentina from Syria, Lebanon, Greece, and France in 1952 through 1953. The Armenian community of Argentina enjoys a high reputation in the country and is considered one of the most organized and prosperous national minorities. Now here are some fun facts about the Armenian language. The Armenian alphabet was created in 405 AD. It's among the family of the Indo-European languages, and it's a language that has a unique writing system. Its structure laid out the Christian religion. Can you believe that? And when it comes to grammar, the Armenian language has different punctuation. In some cases, their letters are used instead of numbers. A really interesting finding was finding an Armenian calendar made with letters. Isn't that fascinating? Now, I wanted to ask Rosita if she had any closing remarks or any other facts that she wanted to share about Armenia or Argentina. Well, uh, let me say, uh, I'm born in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, but my life was very short living in Buenos Aires or in Argentina. It was very short because going from here to there, and I, it's not much what I can say from Argentina. The food is delicious, uh, like every other country. You make it the food you like it, but uh, it was completely different. It was they used to say this is the second Paris in Argentina, which changed a lot now. It was a beautiful country. Uh, uh, it was a Peron at that time, Presidente Peron con Evita, but uh, I don't like polit politics, so I, that's why my father was. A communist that was more than enough for us to have problems. Um, in Armenia, uh, we went to Armenia, we had a hard time. Uh, people are from different uh, background, from different, uh, como se dice, este, not only in the Yerevan is the capital of Armenia. So we speak different than Eastern and Western. Uh, like uh, if you say inch pieces, that means how are you? And 
they said, Wonses. Uh, it's completely different dialect. And also a lot of people from the countries, from the outside of Yerevan, there is a lot of dialect that uh, it's nice, but it's hard to understand sometimes. <clears throat> it took our, it took uh, time for us to understand what people are telling us because our Armenian was different than dialect they have over there. It's completely different. Plus Armenian from other states and uh, the custom, the life, it's, it was different because over there you cannot, you have to, at that time, you have to be very, uh, very, we was very scared of talking. They used to say, shh, don't talk aloud because the walls are listening and the communists, they come and pick you up and send you to, to Siberia. Is that what's happened to my father one time? Yeah, the food, uh, the food, at that time, uh, there was no restaurants, there was no clubs, there was no theaters, there was no movie places to go. Uh, whenever you want to have a good time, you have to put friends together in my house, on his house. On... It was completely different. The culture was different. The culture at that time is that if the lady is married, she cannot get divorced because if she, can, if she got divorced, she cannot get married again because she's not a virgin anymore. Right. At that time, not anymore, of course because Armenia is independent now. It's not communist anymore. Or change a lot, because, but now it's too much freedom. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> now it's too much freedom. It's, it, now it's full of mafia over there. I went several times. I took my daughter to know Armenia. And one of the years, 10 years ago, the last time I went with my friends to visit the center, the Centro de Yerevan. Beautiful stores, uh, Calvin Klein, this and that. And there is nobody there. I said to my friend, why do you have a, such a beautiful st stores and beautiful dresses and everything? There is no customers. She said, because it's only for a mafia. From one thing changed to a completely opposite, right? Lara, Lara. Mucha pobreza, hay mucha pobreza. Pero hay mucha riqueza también. There is no middle class. It's like here, but I think this is the most uh, free country in the world that you can talk. Even with all these problems we have, we still have a freedom to talk in America. And uh, in other countries, in other cultures, you cannot talk against the president or against the, But then here you can... You can. You can. You can speak your mind, which that's the way it's supposed to be. Thank you so much for sharing, Rosita. Until next time. This episode was produced by me, Milo Falconi. Music by DJ Young and Zayfall. Until next time. <laughs>